0: ReachMD XM157 now presents a special programming series, Focus on Cancer. Translating knowledge from bedside to bench and back again is the holy grail for all medical professionals. Physician scientists are the transport vehicle. You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Attorney and Dr. Bruce Bloom, and with me today is Lauren D. Walensky, M.D., Ph.D., Assistant Professor of Pediatric Oncology at Harvard Medical School, and Medical Director of the Program of Cancer Chemical Biology at the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute in Boston. Dr. Walensky is a physician scientist who cares for patients and has pioneered the application of a new chemical technology to develop what he calls stapled peptides to study and treat diseases caused by an imbalance in the natural death pathway. Dr. Walensky and I are discussing his choice to pursue a career in cancer research and clinical care. Dr. Walensky, welcome to Reach M D. Thanks for having me. So what's life like for a physician-scientist? How's your week split up? What clinical and non-clinical obligations do you have?
1: I would say that uh, life for a physician-scientist is incredibly dynamic. Every day is different, and what comprises a given day is constantly in flux throughout the day. So sometimes it feels like you're training to be a master juggler, really. You know, you can be designing a critical experiment one moment, and then if your beeper goes off and your patient needs you, obviously the clinical responsibility trumps everything. But in general, I spend a good 85% of my time right now in the research laboratory. The clinical time is consolidated and spent as four to six weeks per year in two-week blocks or four-week blocks Providing continuous care in the hospital setting, focused attention to patients on the pediatric oncology ward, for example, where I work at Children's Hospital Boston, and then approximately once a week caring for patients in the outpatient setting here at Dana Farber's Jimmy Fund Clinic.
0: So, is it hard for you to get back into that clinical care mode when you're not doing it on a regular basis inpatient?
1: You know, I would say it's almost an automatic toggle. I mean, we do both types of work so frequently that when you are in the clinical setting, you're the MD. And when you're in the research setting, you're thinking like a scientist. And so for me, it's really an automatic toggling back and forth. And I should say that, you know, the skills and approaches that you use in one arena absolutely cross over to the other.
0: So where did you earn your MD and your PhD and which one did you do first?
1: I trained at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine in Baltimore. I was a member of their medical scientist training program, which is basically a federally funded program that awards tuition and stipend payments to selected students to receive both an MD and a PhD degree. How it works is that you typically do the first two years of medical school, And then you break for the three to five years of PhD training. And then at the end, you finish with approximately two years of in-hospital clinical training. So the entire process for the MD-PhD program ranges from roughly seven to nine years of schooling.
0: And then did you go on to do an internship in a residency like a regular medical doctor?
1: Absolutely. So then, you know, after that, you do an internship for a year residency program for another two years, so it's kind of three years of residency training. And then I went on to do specialty training in the area of pediatric hematology, oncology, and that's another four years. So, you know, all told, you've got seven years, or at least for me, it was seven years for the MD-PhD schooling, then two years of residency, plus the four years of of fellowship training, and it all adds up to a good 15, 16 years of training. Yeah,
0: you're one year away from retirement when you get started <laughs> on working.
1: Uh, well, well it, it's actually an important point because essentially all of your 20s, And then half of your 30s is spent training, and you really start going after your first job as a physician scientist in your mid-30s. So
0: when did you know you were going to do both research and clinical care together? What was the triggering moment or person or event that got you started thinking that
1: way? Well, I'd always planned on becoming a doctor. I was enormously influenced by my father, who taught human anatomy at medical school at Rutgers for his career. And I would come home, and and there would be various uh, bones and models of the human body in the house, and that would really stimulate my thoughts. I would ask my dad a lot of questions, and he would explain how a particular part of the body worked, and I absolutely love that. And then when I was a college student at Princeton, I worked in a laboratory for the first time, and my advisor there, Professor Ted Taylor, who's a renowned chemist, was involved in designing new types of chemotherapeutic agents And I just fell in love with the synthetic organic chemistry lab and ended up working in the laboratory whenever I had any free time during college and did a senior thesis there. And it was really there that I discovered a passion for chemistry research and its biological applications, and that did change my plans, resulting in me applying not only to medical school for an MD degree but also to apply for this joint MD-PhD training.
0: Well, those were words I never expected to hear together. I fell in love with the organic synthetic chemistry lab.
1: Yes, it's a particular... uh, flavor of uh, student that that happens for. It's one of those either you love it or hate it fields and I can tell you having you know been immersed in it at various times over the last 20 years, you definitely see those people that absolutely love it and then you find those people that don't. But for all medical students out there, it's one of those courses that everyone has to take. So whether you love it or hate it, you're going to be taking it.
0: Oh, I remember when I did my training, that was the thing that split us from the people that were going to go on to become doctors and the people that were going to go on to become something else. And it
1: hasn't changed.
0: So how much time do you devote to your actual research and clinical care versus things like personnel management, grant writing, research administration?
1: Well, as you advance in the research field, and that is you run your own laboratory and publish more and travel more, you really end up doing less and less hands-on research. And I'm really trying my best to resist this phenomenon because I think it's really important, you know, if you're running a lab, to be in the lab doing experiments. But at some point, it's inevitable that time is going to be taken away from that hands-on work. I would say that I spend a majority of my time now talking to the postdoctoral fellows and the graduate students in my lab about their projects, what scientific questions we're studying, what the results mean, what the next steps should be. And to be honest, this is really the highlight of my every day. I also work hard to try to make the trainees successful. That's a big part of our job as mentors, helping them get their own grants and to launch launch their own careers. And I think it's just very important to spend the time to try to create a family environment here. That's what all of my mentors try to do, and it has had a big impact on on how I run my own labs. I mean, grant writing is a fact of life. Everyone knows that. You can't do science without money, and the more resources that you have, the faster the job gets done, and there's no question about that. So I do spend many months of the year thinking about new ideas and writing grants to try to fund them.
0: If you've just tuned in, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on Reach MD XM 157 the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, attorney and Dr. Bruce Bloom, and I'm speaking with Dr. Lauren Walensky, assistant professor of pediatric oncology at Harvard Medical School and medical director of the Program of Cancer Chemical Biology at the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute in Boston, about his dual role as a clinician and researcher. So what's it like to work at a major U.S. cancer center like Dana-Farber and at the Harvard Medical School?
1: Well, it is one of the most amazing aspects of the job. I work in one of the most scientifically and medically rich cities in the world, many would say right here in Boston, because between Harvard and MIT and the biotechnology industry here in Boston, you can find an expert in absolutely anything and everything. And so there's really no limits to what you can do and how you can do it. It's really a mind-boggling, wonderful environment. At Dana-Farber, you know, the intermix of patient care and research is what makes this place very special. We share elevators every day with the patients, and if that doesn't remind you why you're at work every day, nothing will. It's clear that we're on a mission here. We've got a a serious job to accomplish for our patients, for our families, for our children. It's an amazing place to do research and to take care of patients.
0: What would you say is the most challenging aspect of your dual work as a clinician and a researcher?
1: Well, without a doubt, it's trying to maintain the balance, giving every aspect of the job its due attention. uh, It's a juggling act for sure, and sometimes you can't always keep all the balls in the air that you want, and you, you have to prioritize, and that's essentially what my job is when I go to the hospital and teach the residents. Every nurse on the floor could be calling you about a particular patient problem at any one time, and your job is to figure out who to see first. And it's very similar when you're running a research laboratory and taking care of patients at the same time. You need to really prioritize and focus on the things that have the deadlines first and the things that are the most important. Of course, the patient care, when you're urgently needed as a physician, really trumps everything.
0: What would you say is the most fulfilling aspect of your dual work life?
1: For me, it's really the personal contact that I have not only with the patients but with the people that I work with in the laboratory. I spend a lot of time in the laboratory speaking with the trainees about scientific ideas, what the directions should be, hearing their new ideas, their new approaches, and that type of kind of mentor mentee relationship and all the time that's spent on really trying to solve very challenging problems is really a highlight for me. In the clinic, being able to work with patients that I've known for many, many years and their families and trying to address critical problems that they have, both in the realm of diagnosing new cancers and treating cancers and even palliative care at the end of life. You know, these are the things that the personal connection with people and the children and their families that really makes coming to work so fulfilling.
0: So how many hours a week would you say you're involved in your work as a physician scientist?
1: I think I stopped counting the number of hours. (laughs) You know, typically my work day starts in the laboratory where I'll come in and I'll, you know, do what everyone does these days, check the email for urgent issues that need to be addressed, and then I immediately head into the laboratory to start working with the the students and the postdocs and the the technicians to get experiments up and running and to talk about their designs. And then, for the most part, the entire day is spent doing these types of meetings, having collaborative discussions, perhaps giving a talk, teaching a class. The, The clinic time is usually focused on one day per week, and then when I'm in the hospital, it's usually a continuous two-week block of time. And so, you know, each day is, is always different, and that's part of the kind of excitement and dynamism of, of this job. That y- you could start your day planning on it going one direction, and it might ebb and flow in a completely different way. And so what you set out to accomplish may not happen until the next day, and instead you'll accomplish something else.
0: And how do you balance your work life with your family life?
1: That's another part of the juggling act. I have a wife who is also a, a physician scientist, We've got three active boys at home, eight, six, and three years old. And, you know, we're committed, my wife and I, to eating dinners as a family, spending that quality time together at night and on the weekends. And you just need to become, I think, super efficient at work so you can get the job done at work and that gets you home so that you can provide the appropriate nurturing and family environment that's so important to having a family life. Fortunately, I live close to work. So if the kids have an assembly or a special activity at school, I can get there, participate, and then make it back to work to accomplish the tasks that are waiting for me here. And But I should say my wife and I are constantly assessing and reassessing these balances to make sure that everyone is getting their due and that no aspect of this sometimes very complicated life is maintained.
0: So what do you think the impact is of physician scientists in the overall world of medical research and clinical care?
1: It's a different breed. I mean, it's a combined lifestyle, it's a challenging lifestyle, but I think it really addresses the need, and and clearly this was the mission of the federal government when this program was designed, was to get people in a position where they could bridge two different ways of doing things. I mean, clinicians see patients and diagnose and treat disease, and scientists that run laboratories think about new ideas and basic science problems and how to translate them now more than ever into a human benefit. So I think that they're actually quite symbiotic.
0: I want to thank Dr. Lauren Walensky, Assistant Professor of Pediatric Oncology at Harvard Medical School and the Medical Director of the Program of Cancer Chemical Biology at the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute in Boston for sharing his research insights with us. I'm attorney and Dr. Bruce Bloom, President and Chief Science Officer of Partnership for Cures, a nonprofit that drives cures to patients to repurposing drugs for new uses. You've been listening to the Clinicians Roundtable on Reach MDXM 157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and comments. Please visit us at ReachMD.com where you can find our new on-demand and podcast features that will allow you access to our entire program library. And thank you for listening. Listen all month as ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals, as we feature a special series, Focus on Cancer.